0: Hi, Jared. Hi, Werner. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Can you see and hear me?
0: Yeah, I can see and hear you.
1: Wonderful. Same here.
0: (laughs) So how are you doing this morning?
1: Well, actually, it's um, afternoon here. (laughs) Did you get my email because I've sent you two articles? Yes. Um, I looked over those. Okay. Wonderful. So how should, how should we uh, proceed or how should we do the whole thing?
0: Well, I would like to start at the beginning of contour crafting uh, a long time ago.
1: Right, yeah. That's true. Okay, sure. Should we start right now or should uh, we discuss some uh, agenda points uh, before we do that? Or how do you usually handle it?
0: We can talk about what we will talk about. I guess I'll ask about the origin of the company and then a little bit about the future vision for the company, and we can really go into anything in between
1: all right well let's uh, let's see you know um i mean as you've rightfully mentioned already, Kuntu crafting is um well actually the pioneer in this in the sector because uh, Professor Koshhnevas was uh, publishing the concept of Kuntu crafting as early as nineteen ninety four um, I think in 96 the first patents were issued or filed actually for patents. Um, and uh, so it's been a long a long time. Uh, but most of that time of course was uh, during the university phase, right. But uh, we can certainly start there. Uh, there's a, a, a mismatch if you will, if you will, between my role and the start of contour crafting because uh, contour crafting, uh, was um, invented and first uh, published in 1994 by Professor Barry Krishnavis who is also the later founder of Contour Crafting Corporation. Um, so, uh, at the time when he was publishing the concept of Contour Crafting, was, which is roughly a concept of combining 3D large scale construction printing with automation, meaning that uh, basically contour crafting is uh, a fusion of technologies, a robotic, uh, at the, uh, actually a robotic uh, solution, or, or, or vision actually at the time. Uh, so you can visualize the thing that basically a building while it rises, being printed, everything else is automatically in brought into the structure. Uh, regardless whether it is uh, rebar, whether it is uh, piping, wiring, flooring, tiling, whatever. So that was actually the concept. Uh, of course, then at, in 1994, it was a sheer vision, of course, of Professor, uh, Professor burkish Uh, But relatively soon, it was followed by the first patents um, in uh, 1996, um, and uh, meanwhile, the company is holding over 100 national and international pot, uh, patents in this uh, field, actually, or in basically in the field of 3D uh, printing, but mainly, predominantly in 3D construction printing. Actually, um, Professor um, uh used to be, or still is, I guess, uh, the director of the of Craft at uh, USC. Craft is an abbreviation which stands for uh, Center um, of Rapid um, uh, manufacturing uh, technologies, and one of them actually was uh, contour crafting, basically. And uh, later on, in uh, nine and in two thousand fourteen, officially, uh, Contour Crafting Corporation was uh, established by him as a corporation because everything before that was actually happening strictly at USC, right? Um, and therefore, um, from this time, all the patents which exist or existed meanwhile, because it's a 20-year 20, 20 maximum time span, as you know, for patents, um, some of them have expired, of course, meanwhile. Um, but the, it, it, all patents which are alive today um, are exclusively licensed from USC to Kuntukraft Incorporation. Plus, of course, meanwhile, kuntu Crafting Corporation has filed um, um, a, a number of additional uh, patents. So, formally, the company was established in t- 2014. Uh, in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in fall 2015, um, I made contact with Barakish Navy, so that was basically the, uh, the initial phase of uh, our relationship um, and actually it started out like uh, probably so ma- in so many other cases by, by an email. I sent an email to him uh, because I saw his uh, TED uh, uh, appearance um, and uh, that raised my interest uh, in the whole technology and concept and then our relationship became more and more intense. In January, 2016, we met in Vienna by a coincidence, actually. Mm. Um, And uh, when I joined my later company, um, uh, GUNDERS GROUP, um, later in uh, May, 2016, we started talks in June, 2016, regarding uh, a possible investment of my uh, company uh, in contour-crafting corporation. Um, and uh, that led basically to a due diligence and the due diligence was uh, successfully closed in uh, May 2017. So it almost took a year. Um, but that is not um, unusual because, you know, we had a European Austrian company on one side and the US company on the other hand, we had nine hours of time difference. So two different legal systems uh, and also a startup company. So it took a while uh, to get everything we needed, to have a look on everything we, we needed uh, before we had this, uh, this closing. But it was the start of a, of a wonderful uh, official relationship. Um, and, uh, and of course the money uh, that uh, was uh, one of the many impacts uh, of, the, um, of the investment uh, enabled uh, Contourcraft Corporation to start as a real full-fledged company. And that of course was a very significant uh, uh, change to the better actually, because then things shifted from a strictly university uh, environment to the start of a corporation. And, um, and I think very wisefully we chose uh, and we're lucky to get uh, a very spacious uh, uh, company a space. We, we rented, uh, we're still renting, Um, a a large um, uh, enterprise on, uh, well, actually, warehouse, plus many offices in uh, El Segundo, which is a part of uh, Greater Los Angeles. Um, And that provided uh, the space for not only R&D activities, but also for uh, production and manufacturing to some scale, right? Um, And of course, uh, it allowed for staffing uh, the company. Uh, Predominantly with R&D personnel at the beginning, but over time, of course, with um, other key personnel.
0: Does Contour Crafting disclose how much capital they've raised to date? No. So you are an investor as of
1: 2017? Correct. Yes. Well, actually, I I have to say that I'm not uh, working for the companies uh, uh, as of recently. Um, so it's a, a historic uh, uh, look back, more or less, but it's pretty recent. Uh, and uh, till uh, the end of November, I served as the chairman of the board of directors of this company. And due to my uh, very intense uh, friendship and relationship uh, with Barakash um as of now, I'm acting as his uh, personal advisor, if you, if you will, uh, so I'm still um, uh, speaking on behalf of the company because also Barak wanted that I would uh, give this interview instead of him.
0: So I'm looking at the company that you were CEO of, how do you pronounce it, Umbarsh?
1: Umdash Group, yeah. Umbarsch. Um, well, actually, um, the Umdash Group is a holding company and it consists of uh, three divisions. Two of them are historic, traditional. Uh, the, the largest one being Doka, which is one of the two uh, world market leaders in formwork engineering. Uh, the second one is Umdurchs the Storemakers, which is a leading company in store making. And uh, Umdurchs Group Ventures is uh, the third division. And uh, actually, I was co-founding this, uh, this division and heading it as CEO later on. Uh, and this, technolo- this division um, has only new technologies and new business models within its scope right? So it's a strategic entity.
0: And how many different ventures have they invested in?
1: Well, um, you know, the setup of Underskrupp Ventures is very unique because it is um, uh, it is not a classic um, portfolio investment uh, uh, group or company. It's actually a combination of uh, 100% own developments, which lead uh, to uh, the formation of uh, classic business units, if you want. Um, And uh, as of now, we have uh, two of them. One, the the first is uh, called Neuland, uh, which is a revolutionary new mobile precast plant type, highly productive. Um, The second division is called Contact, um, where the business model is basically, and technology is basically the digitalization of uh, construction sites. As of now, poor concrete construction sites, but over the time, also other construction technologies will be covered by the technology mm-hmm. in order to provide uh, transparency, data, information uh, to this sector, which is, uh, as we speak, uh, dramatically under-digitalized in comparison to classic manufacturing uh, sectors. Uh, and uh, this was, this is the first part, basically. The other part is what you re- just referred to is strategic investments in technology companies. Uh, as of now, Onondash uh, Ventures has uh, three strategic investments, uh, Couture Crafting Corporation being the, the biggest, uh, the oldest one, actually. As I said already, the closing was in May 2017. Uh, the second was uh, a prop tech company. Uh, where we well we acquired UTV or Umbridge Group Ventures acquired uh, 30% in Contour Crafting Corporation. Um, the other investment was um, uh, a prop tech company by the name of Neotwin. Um, here, a majority share of 51% was acquired, and the latest investment was last year in 2020, uh, when a 26% uh, stake was acquired uh, in uh, May uh last year that's a was the first investment in a retail related environment
0: that's very cool some people would say it's risky to try to do so many different things but it seems to me like it decreases the risk because if you're involved in so many different kind of cutting edge projects then only one really needs to be dramatically successful uh for the whole thing to work out but they all seem like things that the world needs and the world is needing at an increasing rate, especially concrete. Um, Have you been paying any attention to lumber prices? Uh, No. I've noticed they've been skyrocketing in America. I'm not sure if that's the same in your region.
1: right. Well, probably I'm not that linked to this topic, (laughs) I have to admit, Uh, because um, so far we have, um, or I personally also have uh, focused more in concrete
0: that could be very good news related
1: to concrete which actually brings me to already to a very important uh, and undervalued uh, topic I think in the connection with 3D construction printing because everybody who is active in the sector as of now is claiming or stating that they are printing concrete which is actually not fully correct because uh, to my knowledge Um, Everybody except uh, contour crafting is printing with cementitious material, yes, but certainly not concrete, because concrete contains coarse aggregates, right? Which is among other things, of course. Um, Why is this important? I think, or at least we we believe, and I personally believe, I'm fully convinced that this is a very important uh, thing, Uh, because uh, um, obviously construction is a large, high volume business. So it is not um, irrelevant what your material is costing, right? And um, as we all know, concrete is a worldwide available, relatively inexpensive uh, resource. Um, And therefore this of course is the benchmark for all other possible technologies. And uh, if uh, one claims uh, that they're printing with concrete, um, of course, the price of the material and the comparison between the prices is one of the most significant factors in, this, in such a business model. Um, and uh, what, I, what I witnessed so far was that the majority is actually printing um, with uh, special motors. Um, and uh, what I've learned so far here and there, you know, you get some information, of course, from parties involved um, or direct uh, uh, information that's uh, uh, met the price, the manifold price of concrete uh, in, in many, in many, in many uh, uh, cases. I learned that it's between three times, five times, I think in one rare case, up to 10 times more expensive than concrete. So, this is one issue, right? Because at the end of the day, technology or a new technological approach, of course, can be very thrilling, compelling at the very beginning. Uh, But at the end of the day, um, everything boils down to the triangle of quality uh, uh, and cost. uh, uh, So And time, of course, right? Because uh, each new or potentially new construction method uh, is naturally uh, at some point, at least in direct competition with all other uh, established uh, construction technologies. So therefore, the, the cost of the material that is printed is one uh, very major factor. And that's the reason actually why Contour Crafting Corporation, right after the closing uh, in uh, May 2017, um, I think in August, we made the, the strategic decision that we need to find a way to be able to really print with concrete. Because before that, also Contour Crafting Corporation or Contour Crafting um, has been uh, printing with mortars. Why? Because it is very tempting, it's easy, you know, it's a toothpaste-like material, very easy to process, to pump. Um, But if you really want to process uh, concrete, especially in a combination with a digitalized, very highly robotic, highly precise uh, function and process, this is all but trivial. And uh, and also, it took Contour Crafting Corporation much longer than we have uh, hoped uh, it would take to achieve uh, the point where we really can justify it, uh, say that uh, Contour Crafting Corporation is able to really print with concrete. Uh, And this includes coarse aggregates up to a grain size of 12 millimeters, which is a significant uh, grain size. I've heard from a few
0: sources that companies are now looking for a material that would occupy less than 1% of the percentage by weight of the concrete, and it would make any typical concrete mixture printable. there's maybe three materials that might uh, f- fill that need. One of them, maybe carbon fiber.
1: Um, carbon is fiber about typically that? is pretty expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn and said they could get carbon fiber at scale for 10 cents a gram.
1: Um, well, let's wait and see. We have uh, made our experiences with fiber, with uh, carbon fibers as well, um, uh, in order to print uh, concrete uh, in a, in a combination, fiber concrete, if you will. Um, and uh, we have tested with uh, carbon fiber and also with steel fibers. Uh, we preferred uh, steel fiber for uh, cost factors, of course.
0: So when you're trying to increase the tension strength of concrete, any wire needs to be uh, in tension, and my understanding, if you want to prevent cracking. Otherwise, if it's not in tension, you're just uh, holding it together after the crack. So,
1: well, I mean, the whole the whole question is, uh, what does it need, and what does it take in the area where you want to build? You know, um, as you know, uh, Los Angeles, uh, especially, is a very highly um, uh, seismological active zone. Uh, with the highest uh, demand uh, regarding uh, structure, structure, structural integrity. Of course, um, on the surface of the Earth, we have different uh, conditions, right? We have uh, um, large uh, areas where there is practically no seismic activity. Uh, that's one factor, what uh, determines what material you need and what structural support this, uh, this material will potentially need. Um, on the other hand, um, there are, um, of course, other areas where they, there is increased or very high seismic activity, and of course, then you need rebar, and um, also, and you need a, a, a proven material. That's actually another reason why we focused on concrete, because concrete is known to the authorities. Everybody knows about concrete, so that's that's been tested, It's proven. It's um, uh, it's a it's a, it's a a very good uh, way to build uh, structures. Um, another aspect regarding um, um, concrete, <clears throat> and you mentioned that uh, a lot of people also are occupied with finding alternative materials. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical to that. Uh, however, the the ideas of, of course very good, and it's all needed. What, what actually is needed is to reduce the CO2 footprint. You know. Um, The uh, concrete and the the cement industry has been given a bad name recently uh, because of CO2, which is, in my opinion, um, overstated and exaggerated because if you really look uh, in the industry and make fair apples to apples and peers to peers comparisons, it's not really that bad. However, um, concrete is really unbeatable. so um, I think the real task, and many people are working on it, is to reduce the amount of cement in concrete, in traditional concrete already. Um, and here is another negative example, uh, if uh, one is uh, printing with mortar, because mortars typically have a much, much higher cement content than regular uh, uh, concrete, right? So this is another reason why we focused successfully on printing with concretes. Mm -hmm.
0: When you're printing, how often do you need an expansion joint? I don't see many expansion joints on some of the 3D printed buildings I've visited.
1: Well, um, there is another difference between contour crafting so far and other other companies. We have actually um, not focused on printing whole buildings and structures because this has been done Almost decades ago at the uh, USC time, so to say, um, what we have been focusing on was basically maybe you maybe you um, uh, have this information um, also received is that in uh, I think it was in June um, 2019, um, the uh, acceptance criteria 509 um, was uh, authorized by the ICC. Um, and this uh, was actually the result of a cooperation between contour Grafting Corporation and ICC. And the ICC in AC509 has a number of very very specific tests, um, which is basically the uh, the, the the foundation um, of another very very important aspect of the sector is getting regular building permits, right? Um, because uh, if you want to build anything in any country in the world, everything is based on existing building codes. So 3D construction printing is a new technology. It's not part of any established building code wherever in the world. So, and that's the reason why everything that has been printed so far was either printed in a university setting or on a uh, territory or a land that has a special uh, um, uh, how can I say a status? You know, like a a test field or or something that is or definitely
0: not for profit there. or something like that. Hmm? Or not for profit, or it's just yeah, right, store. right,
1: right. But uh, the name of the game, of course, and in in order to be able to open up a regular business, is of course that uh, contour crafting or three D construction printing needs to be a part of a standard regular building code. And therefore, contour crafting was aiming at that direction and has been successful so far, very much by achieving this AC509. And of course, AC509 is not a stationary uh, acceptance criteria. It can be enlarged uh, because uh, right now, it's only on, uh, on one, uh, regarding uh, one-story buildings, but of course, this will be uh, increased over time. But um, here the focus is on special, uh, on certain dimensions of uh, walls, wall types, T-junctions, and other stuff, you know. So this has been in the focus in the, in the, in the past years um, and not printing buildings because that has been done earlier. Mm-hmm. A
0: lot of companies are developing different apparatuses to print buildings. Most of them right. are ignoring the permitting and just kind of thinking that's someone else's problem. It's good that kind is exactly. actively pursuing. But, you know,
1: in fact, in fact, it's not right because of course one can say, "Well, I'm technology provider, and uh, the rest is your problem, dear customer." But this is not really, uh, in my opinion, a very smart move because, uh, as I said, as of now, you of course it is possible to get single case permits, uh, but this is a very laborious, uh, costly. Uh, and time-consuming process uh, versus going to any authority in the world saying okay I want to print this building uh, and everybody says okay wonderful we have a building code in place for that um, let's take it off so the craft trend system because once up. the industry has not or as long as the industry has not yet reached such a state uh, to be honest there is no market it's only single case so single case to single case.
0: Yeah, it needs to demonstrate um, significant cost reduction or time reduction or quality improvement, like you mentioned. Um, and it, it very obviously hasn't reached a wide scale yet. Um,
1: yeah. we, we really have to say that uh, this technology is still in a relatively early stage, mm-hmm. right? And like like uh, in any other meanwhile established technologies, all of them had such an early phase, right? We all remember—I don't know your age, but uh, looking or remembering the first uh, mobile phones, you know, they were like, like I don't know, they were looking like a shoebox, you know, and they were heavy and <laughs> very inefficient and extremely expensive. Um, now everybody has a smart smartphone for a fraction of the price. Uh, with uh, 100 times more functionabilities and so on. So this has happened to each and every technology. But um, I think um, a couple of things can be guessed from the very beginning. Um, and if we look and see what is happening globally under the headline of 3D construction printing, uh, sometimes I'm asking myself how was this approach ever started? Because it was should have been clear from the very beginning, this could not work, um, at least not economically, right? Um, of course, it is a possibility to provide an, a, a technology or a, a technolo- technological approach where everybody says, oh, wow, have you seen this? This is the first time. <laughs> yeah, okay, but in the end of the day, Uh, when the business people meet, you know, the question is, what did it cost? How long did it take you? What is the quality? So what is the total cost of ownership? Because at the end of the day, this is what uh, decides whether you have a business or whether it is happy engineering.
0: Mm -hmm. It could be unprofitable until a certain point when it reaches economies of scale. Um, and so there's there's kind of lost leaders potentially.
1: Um, yes, I agree. But, um, and that's the reason why Cantu Crafting Corporation is really taking one step after the other, because we have done so many, many things historically already that we have we know all the pain pain points. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, another reason why Cantu Crafting Corporation is very, um, traditional were well a little bit reluctant uh, uh in when it comes to providing information um is because especially professor Krishnavis has made repeatedly the the uh the experience that when whenever he has shown something or provided information everybody jumped on it and tried to copy it and therefore Um, we are a little bit reluctant and keep much more to ourselves than others because we don't need a serious B round or or anything else Mm -hmm. in order to make us more attractive, you know. And uh, the way, uh, the classic way to make yourself more attractive is to communicate, 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 right?
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. The typical A round, B round, C round funding, uh, they raise so much money it concerns me they may be more focused on raising more money than the engineering and the technology sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I share your impression, especially as a European, <laughs> because if you look at the, the company valuations, especially uh, startup valuations, uh, and the numbers that are you know shared in, in, in public, uh, I, th- I think they're generally much overstated. Um, and uh, I always ask myself, when, when can that be earned back? You know, how many centuries will it take in order to earn b- back all this invested money? Uh, and also, um, typically, we Europeans are much, much more conservative uh, regarding company valuations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think what you need is a very sound technological basis Uh, And of course, you need uh, the money, because without money, uh, nothing is going to happen, of course, right? But uh, I think it has to be a very balanced uh, approach between really down-to-earth concepts and technologies, um, and of course, a a sound uh, financing of the company. Um, And I'm very, very happy to have uh, uh, Barack Koshnevis, because he's really a genius. It's every time, I'm so impressed, whenever a problem pops up, uh, it's really... It's really amazing, it's really amazing.
0: Let's try a a thought experiment. What Mm -hmm. happens if the material cost for 3D printed concrete becomes the same cost as typical concrete?
1: Well, this is exactly what uh, contour crafting is uh, aiming at. Um, I think right now it is not already parity, but it's relatively close to parity. But this is a a galaxy apart from three times, five times, or 10 times um, if you have special mortars, of course, right? Um, So I don't think uh, that there is a long way to go that way. However, it's not only the material, of course, uh, and that's another reason why everything Contour Crafting Corporation has designed and published so far, and we have only published the, the, the tip of the iceberg, uh, uh, if you will, um, uh, is very light. You know, so um, what have, has been uh, pub, uh, um, exhi- exhibited um, at Bauma? At, that's the the biggest uh, the, 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 the big trade show in Munich uh, in uh, 2019. Uh, was the CC108 and uh, CC112 um, generation. And also, this system, uh, the whole system weight was below one metric ton, right? Which is about two, 2000 uh, imperial pounds. Uh, and also, Craft Trends, the latest publication and the latest uh, product line we have developed for the DoD, um, has the same weight. Why is this important? Because um, uh apart from material, of course, it is important that um, the handling of the material, the, the, the deployment of uh, the equipment, the redeployment of the equipment should be as easy as possible. And also, of course, the more sturdy, the more heavy uh, such an equipment is, the more um, uh, uh, energy, the more equipment you need to, to transport it, to put, set it up, um, and so on. So, um, so contour crafting has always followed the path of having whatever they do, um, we do things that can be operated, deployed, and redeployed by a maximum of two persons. So, ideally, once the crafter is uh, operational, which typically takes between 15 minutes to 30 minutes, in the case of uh, of trans uh, of craft trans and uh, about uh, 90 minutes maximum in, in the case of uh, CC1 or 8, um, that once once such a crafter is operational, it t- only takes one person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this person mainly has a monitoring uh, task. This person is basically just looking whether the program uh, is running uh, without any problems, if material is coming, uh, so we do not run out of printing material, or other stuff. It's mainly monitoring, right?
0: So because private really, individuals are able to purchase the Craft Trans printer now? Excuse me? Private individuals and companies are able to purchase the Craft Trans printer now, or it's only- Absol-
1: Absolutely, yes. Uh, so one, um, as you know, the military version has been delivered uh, to the uh, Army Corps of Engineers in uh, December last year, which is only like uh, three months ago. Um, two are currently um, assembled for two order, for orders, but we only make to order, basically. Um, and but we just recently published, you know, the information about the craft mm-hmm. trans, and also we are uh, providing and offering a civilian version. The civilian version uh, will not be fixed on a, a flat rack like the military one with a standard pelletizing system as a system requirement, uh, but it will be on a trailer, so it can be pulled by any vehicle. And since the printer itself weighs a maximum of one metric ton, uh, this is a very light thing, right? You just need to add the, the weight of the trailer, which is also not very considerable. So probably just a regular car easily can tow such, such a printer to any job site. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, energy consumption is a very decisive factor, right? Because the lighter a structure is, the less energy consumpt- consumption is. Because naturally, if you print a given floor plan, uh, whatever the, 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 the layer height is in your, in your specific case, of course, you need to run the floor plan many, many times in order uh, to, to build the structure. Um, and of course you have a lot of accelerat- acceleration and deacceleration in the process and therefore the heavier the whole thing is, the more energy you need to break and uh, to accelerate, right? So it makes all sense, I think.
0: So when do you think, how many years from now will we be moving from these one-off showcase projects to large-scale investment grade projects?
1: Um, do you refer to Kuntur uh, Crafting specifically or do you uh, refer generally to the sector?
0: Whoever gets there first.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, as I mentioned, um, I think the next step uh, for Kuntur for Crafting Cooperation certainly is to get this so-called uh, evaluation report on the basis of AC 509. Because this is the door opener uh, for um, all each and every um, um, building authority globally more or less. Um, And uh, this is the decisive step in order to open up the business as as such. Right. Um, Of course, uh, till then uh, and a lot of more uh, machinery development by many different parties will be published, I'm sure. Um, But I'm very, very uh, convinced that uh, Contour Crafting Corporation will keep its its head start, uh, which I think is a considerable head start um, in the sector. Uh, but of course it is good um to see um other solutions around because this uh enables and only this enables comparisons you know mm
0: mm-hmm. it's hard to put a, any time type of time estimate on it because it's kind of unpredictable
1: it is it is uh, kind of unpredictable however i don't think it's uh, many years down, down the road i think uh, it can be as as close as uh, as 1 2 Let's be cautious and say three years from now, but I actually I think it's sooner. it's gonna be sooner, I think
0: it makes sense that permitting would be one of the primary metrics you're judging that decision off of,
1: yes, definitely, because you know it doesn't make any sense to produce a high volume of machinery if there is no building permit around, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, what certainly. is customers, what what is a customer supposed to do with it if uh, if you if you only get single case permits if you're lucky
0: they can try to battle with their local municipalities but it's much better to
1: stop of, of course and it is done and it has been done and it will be done in the future but it's a very um, tiresome process of course right uh, and uh, fortunately we have also this uh, um, sector in the with the DoD because the military at least in the. US uh, they don't need any civilian uh, building permits right so on, on military territory or land you can do whatever the military uh, thinks um, sensible to do right mm-hmm. So this is basically a very good solution uh, for a, especially for a time where a civilian uh, building permits cannot easily or, or in a standard uh, process cannot be obtained.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to collect data and uh, let the military be the loss leader.
1: Yeah, but you know, this is uh, what the the military, especially the US military has been doing for many decades and very successfully because they have in many, many uh, cases and technologies, they have taken the lead, they have paved Mm -hmm. the way. So uh, we are very grateful that this uh, is happening also in our sector. Uh, and uh, it's actually a win-win situation because it's for the, for the DOD, it's a win situation and uh, obviously for us too, right?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's uh, symbiotic.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and only win-win scenarios will prevail.
0: It also rhymes with, like you're saying, many other technologies, like some say the internet and like cell phone, whatever, different technologies. They say the government pioneers that kind of stuff and then it's adopted by consumers many years later. Absolutely, absolutely. Promising.
1: I think what what really is um, the the point I really wanted to make is that at the end of the day, only business models can be successful. Never technologies alone. Of course, technologies are increasingly um, a lead element in a potentially disruptive business model. But if the economic impact is not potentially disruptive in a positive way, it's not going to fly.
0: Initially, Contour Crafting had a vision of automating everything, like you said, electrical, plumbing, like the entire system. Uh, Is that still on the plate or?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we actually have decided, and that was also, I think in August, uh, 2017, to not um, invent um, and uh, and create uh, a robotic uh, solution that encompasses 100% of the contour crafting uh, uh, abilities as published in 1994, we decided to, um, to realize this vision in two steps. Step one is 3D printing with concrete. We've done this. Uh, of course, we will develop certain product lines, different product lines, also for different kinds of uh, houses in terms uh, of buildings or structures in terms of floor plan and in terms of height. And the second will be the second generation uh, or the second phase development um, will be to combine 3D printing with automation. But this automation, you know, actually is a two-sided sword because um, first of all, you need to develop the function and integrate it into the robotic system, which um, at least Professor Krishnevis regards as not as difficult as the first uh, development. The second part is, of course, that the the realization of this vision also needs um, cooperation from other sectors, because as we speak, like piping, wiring, and everything else is now designed in a way that humans Mm -hmm. can install and operate it. Once a a robot is doing it, Of course, it will will require a certain much, much higher degree of standardization and a certain uh, way of standardization because it has to be standardized in terms of lengths probably, and also in terms of joints because a robotic system cannot put together and join things uh, 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 in many different ways. So there are certainly one or two ways which are most ideal, um, but I don't think this will be a, a, a big hurdle. Uh, because those uh, companies who are active in those uh, domains uh, and sectors, I'm sure that's at least my experience, they're very eager to be part of, uh, of this development. Because to them, it's an additional business, of course.
0: Yeah, there's a whole unexplored world of efficiencies that are the result of building for humans for so long, as opposed to preparing a building to be built by machines. right of course it won't be efficient to do it the same way it's been done historically you'll have to come up with completely um completely new ways to fully integrate these technologies and really a bunch of technologies all at once because if you're going to be delivering a future house a 3d printed house Mm. it can't just be a 3d printed house with everything else completely regular inside it has to you're kind of selling the future i think people are going to want uh, like a smart house with maybe solar panels or something they want the whole package at once
1: absolutely absolutely and of course um let's be very frank here of course uh, this will mean at least uh, in a 3d construction printing environment that uh, a lot of jobs will not uh, uh, exist anymore but this happens once a sector is automated the same has happened to pretty much every other sector already just look at the uh, agricultural sector right i mean pretty much everything is machinery right now right um satellite data driven you know Um, I think construction is probably one of the last sectors where this development, this general development, uh, will be realized step by step.
0: Yeah, I don't picture construction jobs being taken away anytime soon just because there's so many different types of buildings and styles and different tastes. Uh, And there's a shortage of labor, like people.
1: Absolutely, but that's the reason why I strictly refer to 3D construction printing. So my my vision, uh, or our joint vision actually, is that, uh, and uh, we have stated this in our articles and publications so far, that we expect once the the, um, uh, building code thing has been uh, successfully ticked off, and this is just a matter of uh, needs to be done, right, it's not a question for us at least, once we have such a, a, a natural market, then I'm convinced that uh, um, contour crafting will gain market shares in the residential building, in the commercial building uh, sector, um, and uh, and definitely in uh, disaster relief and social housing sectors. I don't see it in civil engineering, uh, in civil construction. Like dams, or, or uh, I don't know. As of now, at least, right? I don't see it with really in high rises, uh, high rises uh, above uh, uh, taller than 400 meters, um, because it's a different, completely different art uh, art of of, uh, constructing it. There is more steel in it than concrete because of those, you know, um, loads. Uh, and weights and heights, of course, uh, but I I really see that um, in residential and uh, commercial building uh, sectors, um, contour grafting or or three D construction printing, if we want to put it generally, will gain over time more and more market share.
0: You mentioned your approach to building a house is in sections as opposed to all at once. Does the printer? move to each section and then print in place, or the sections are moved into place?
1: No, actually, you know, the printer, each printer, each printer generation of contour Crafting Corporation has a certain um, printing envelope, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever is within the printing, the given printing envelope can be printed in one shot, right? I will give an example. If you have a printer, for instance, that can cover a, a floor plan of 200 square meters, you can either print one house with having a floor plan of 200 square meters or four 50 square meters attached houses, right? It depends mm-hmm. on your design. But uh, once this has been printed, you can uh, easily relocate the printer and print the next 200 square meters. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the deployment and the weight of the system uh, and the effort you need to for such relocations and, and deployments is a very decisive factor. Among others, of course.
0: And so the pieces are moved. They each weigh up to what, like a ton? Um,
1: no, actually, everything is printed on site, on the top site.
0: Okay, so the the pieces are printed in place, and then there are
1: no, no, there are no pieces. The whole the whole uh, the whole shell is printed. Um, Directly at the job side in one shot. Okay. There are no pieces. There's just one structure, and the customer determines what the structure is, right? And of course, here um, you can uh, profit from all the benefits of three uh, D printing because three D printing doesn't care whether it's, it's curvy, whether you have uh, rectangular uh, structures or whatsoever. You know, the, the printer doesn't care because for the printer complexity is. Uh, It doesn't cost any extra dime.
0: What's your thought on finishing?
1: Well, finishing, um, ideally, and um, according to our uh, experience um, so far, um, everything comes down at the end of the day to the surface quality of the printed structure. And of course, whether it is absolutely rectangular, right? Um, the more you have overlaps what what can be seen in many videos of course the more finishing effort you have Uh, Mm -hmm. um, we have we have um, uh, a lot of uh, patented printing heads which provide actually a a super smooth uh, surface so the finishing effort is uh, not uh, bigger than in any traditionally casted for instance uh, uh, wall
0: That makes sense, the flatter you get it, the less material you need to use.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And another factor, of course, is the higher, uh, the the layer height, you know? I've seen many very narrow but wide uh, uh, layers. Of course, this means that you have uh, to repeat the process very, very often, right? And in many, many cases, such tools follow just a given tool path, but not the wall structure. Uh, so the printing heads uh, of Contour Crafting, in cooperation with each and every pass, uh, a whole structure piece layer is is printed in one go. Mm-hmm.
0: And for designing printed pieces, printed models, is that something uh, you're deeply involved in?
1: Well, personally, not but contour-crafting uh, corporation, definitely, because at the end of the day, uh, it comes down to um, uh, a slicing software, right? And also a clash check, basically, right? So this is a, one of the standard standard approaches that you have, of course, a, a digital layout, a CAD, the CAD, CAD file, for instance, and then it's uploaded in the system and then it's checked it's transformed into into slicing through the slicing software and then you see and check if everything is compatible or not but at the end of the day it's not really rocket science but it needs to be done of course but that's part of the standard process it it can't it can't be any different than that
0: if someone listening is interested in buying the craft trans unit how should they go about that
1: Well, um, I have just recently posted on LinkedIn. uh, There is um, uh, one of our employees by the name of Sebastian Gomez, um, and uh, he is uh, responsible at the point of contact for any sales. So it's sebastian.gomez at contourcrafting.com.
0: Terrific. All right. You... Are you still the chairman of the board at ContraCrafting?
1: Crafting? No, I'm not because I've resigned as the CEO of uh, Umders Group uh, Ventures recently. And since my function uh, of the chairman was uh, tied to the share, to the, to the stake uh, Umders Group Ventures is holding, I had to resign. Mm. Um, Barack uh, uh, was very unhappy about that, but that's just a logical step, a second logical second step. Uh, and therefore, as I mentioned in the beginning of our of our podcast, is that uh, as of now, I uh, have uh, promised to act as his personal advisor. Mm-hmm. So in our personal relationship, nothing has changed, and Barack doesn't really care what title I have.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. And so, what's your what your what are you focusing on now?
1: Well, as of now, I'm basically doing the same thing like uh, I've done so far. So we tackle uh, the problems he, he um, wants to discuss with me and gets my opinion on that. And uh, then we move forward. Um, however, um, it depends on uh, what you mean with your question. But uh, of course, everybody needs a, a bread and butter job. And uh, and uh, this is something uh, which is um, coming up soon, but uh, it's still confidential.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, cool.
1: But my plan is to remain um, engaged with Contour Crafting Corporation, and I've also promised this to Baroque, And uh, it's also my strong emotional feeling. I'm very much uh, engaged uh, with this company, of course.
0: Uh, Without going into too much detail, does your future confidential project have anything to do with construction?
1: Well, I could answer that, but uh, I prefer not to answer
0: it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, all right, so we covered a lot of stuff here. I think it's been pretty insightful. But definitely different from the other conversations I've had. Uh, you have a unique perspective on concrete, for sure. Can you tell me about the the precast concrete processing
1: plant? Of course, yeah. But before I do that, um, I would like to elaborate a little bit on other functionabilities of contour crafting cooperation because so far, or in the public um, uh, perception, contour crafting is very much uh, linked to contour uh, to, to construction only, uh, which is which, of course, is true to some degree. However, um, uh, contour grafting has also won uh, two major prizes, uh, NASA prizes, um, one in uh, 2014, one in 2016. So, uh, contour Crafting cooperation is still very engaged with also extraterrestrial uh, construction, namely on Moon and Mars, um, and uh, this is also also for this there is uh, there is solutions. Um, available with, uh, at Kuntur Crafting Corporation and also uh, the cooperation with NASA is still going on and uh, I'm pretty optimistic that Kuntur uh, Crafting Corporation will have uh, a number of different uh, divisions um, under the roof of Kuntur Crafting Corporation. One certainly will be terrestrial construction if you will and another one certainly extraterrestrial construction. There will be Uh, Another one, hopefully, um, which is the exploitation of uh, another patent which has unfortunately been set aside so far, but just because of limited resources, which is called SSS, it's uh, short for um, selective um, uh, separation shaping, um, which is uh, a patent that uh, came, was actually the result of the second, I think the second uh, NASA award. Uh, which is a 3D construction printing technology, which is actually not limited to construction, but it can also be so successfully applied with uh, metals, for instance, or other materials. Um, I think this will be another breakthrough in many, in many uh, other uh, areas, um, and um, also, and I'm fortunately cannot elaborate on that. Uh, Contour Crafting Corporation has developed also a certain printer generation for use cases outside of construction. So, the the, the technological scope of Contour Crafting Corporation is very large. Your question regarding those uh, mobile, uh, well, we call it uh, portable precast plants, Um, N3P, Neuland, that's the name of the company neuland new land more or less uh, but it's a effusion um, um, of uh, in german of the two german words in neuland new land and uh, we spell Neuland with dt because in german stadt city is spelled with dt so in in division is to transform new land into urban areas basically right the concept of uh, the uh, Neuland uh, portable precast plants is the following. Um, this uh, plant has been constructed in, and designed in a way that this uh, plant is packed up in 40, 40 foot standard sea freight containers. It can be shipped and transported to any given job site in the world. It should be a major uh, uh, job site. So we typically have uh, projects uh, uh, running from a couple of hundred or to a couple of thousand units. It doesn't, uh, doesn't matter whether these units are like 50 square meter social homes or it is uh, like high rises uh, of 10, 10 floors, for instance, or uh, certain types of villas, but many, 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 as long as it is highly standardized. But highly standardized could also mean that it's uh, one or two different types of houses, but only those three types. Um, and the, and the, um, the N3P, once it arrives at the job site, um, uh, is taken out of the containers and about four weeks um, after um, having arrived at the job site, the factory is fully um, uh, operational and can start production. Uh, and it produces right at the job site, so there's zero transportation, so no transportation cost, no time waste, mm-hmm. no damages due to transportation, and uh, and um, of course in many many countries where the need of for housing um, is uh, the highest, typically there is a very weak uh, uh, street infrastructure or generally infrastructure, so transportation is a is a very very costly and time consuming. Uh, and burdensome operations. So just being able to produce right at the job site is one extreme benefit. The second is, is that the project has direct access to the plant because uh, this project is the only customer of this plant. And this plant is extremely uh, so, uh, extremely productive. Uh, so each and every um, battery chamber is, can be, can, is, is casting like four elements a day. Um, which is really um, very, the, the highest output I can I've ever seen. But the uh, pre, uh, the uh, precondition is that everything is super um, standardized. Uh, it's a combination of a globally patented special formwork, which we call butterfly, and a battery mold chamber, double chamber system. So uh, it is very space um, uh, efficient. It is also temporary because the idea is that this uh, factory can be easily uh, relocated once the job is done because uh, in about the same amount of time, so let's say about four to six weeks, it takes to put the factory back into the containers and the containers to the next job site. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, a very highly attractive, um, also economically very interesting solution, especially, uh, but not only to to countries where the uh, the technology of precast is unknown or not uh, available or not available to a degree uh, of the demand so so um, i think uh, this is another thing that will help uh, to ease uh, problems in the world
0: so you mentioned a battery operated chamber for developing the precast uh, units right how many shipping containers would one of those fit into?
1: Well, as I mentioned, the whole factory is, uh, is uh, packed up in 40 uh, sea freight containers. And, uh, and if the factory is undividable, right? It's just a factory. you take the factory as a, as, as a whole and put it there. And then the number the number of, uh, of uh, chambers uh, and uh, batteries are uh, up to have been optimized in, by design. Uh, also by process design. So the process has been uh, uh, optimized in in a given way. The only question the customer uh, needs to decide is whether the plant is operated in one shift, two two shift, three shift, or even four shift models, right? Of course, the most efficient uh, way would be to uh, have it up being operated in a four shift model, which means that it's 24 Mm seven. That would be the European approach. In other regions, uh, this is not really state of the art.
0: It's undividable, so no matter how big the building they're making is, it's forty shipping containers.
1: Correct, because uh, because the size of the butterflies are standardized; they mm-hmm. cannot be changed. Very cool. What 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 must be changed uh, is actually in the planning phase. So everything, the, the the buildings, the objects, the structures have to be optimized in terms of the separations. To optimize uh, the utility of the butterfly formworks, that's the main task in the beginning. But it's it's just something that needs to be done. It's not a real bottleneck or any uh, real problem.
0: Do you know if they've published any video of their factory online?
1: We did, yes, on YouTube. You can find it. Check that out.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. I have something. uh, I have some homework now. Wonderful. All right, so uh, we can wrap it up and maybe we'll do round two next time. There's some big news from Contra Crafting to share. Wonderful. Great. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. (laughs) Have a nice day.